We Infuse Podcast, episode number 44. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast. My name is Dylan McCabe, and in every episode, we give you a seat at the table as we talk with Infusion Center owners and operators and experts so that you can get the insights you need to run a thriving practice. Now, in this episode, it's very special because I have a co-host with me. Her name is Amanda Brummett, and I'm actually passing the baton to her to be the new host, and you're going to see why by the end of the episode. She's very insightful uh, and clear, really good communicator. Just a, She just makes a great podcast host. And we also have a special guest on the show. Her name's Melissa Page. She's the co-founder of the Healthcare Advocate Summit. So you're going to get a lot out of this about advocacy, how advocates can leverage each other's knowledge and skills, uh, really just making big waves in the in the space for uh, patients and shortening that time time frame of reimbursement and all that. So we're just going to get all into that and you're going to get a lot out of it. So let's jump right into this episode with Melissa Page. All right. As I mentioned, we have special guest on the show today, Melissa Page with NAMAPA. Melissa, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. And as I mentioned, we also have Amanda Brummett, my co-host, and very soon to be a new host of the We Infuse podcast. Hello. So, Melissa, we were excited to have you on because you're you're uh, with Namapa. You're also the co-founder of the Healthcare Advocate Summit. So before we get into all of that, why don't we just take a minute for our listeners just to hear who who is Melissa Page? How did you get into healthcare and how did you land where you are today? Yeah, uh, thank you guys once again for having me. Um, So I am a licensed pharmacy technician by trade, started out with uh, kind of retail in that Walmart world. Uh, I think if you can survive Walmart world, you can survive anything, you know, with pharmacy. (laughs) And just kind of moving along of what I could do with this pharmacy technician license. Of course, I started going into barriers right then with what is a prior authorization. And I think with each step, you learn a little bit more. Um, So I went into the um, independent pharmacy technician role and we did a lot of mail order. We did hospice and we did just, you know, care coordination of those patients. And once again, same thing, it's just a different level of prior authorizations and more white glove touch. And then I uh, moved into uh, working for a PBM and insurance and actually being that prior authorization portion because, for me, you know, you always want to know why. And I'm like, well, why don't I get a job in that? And like really understand the back end because I was getting denied a lot for my patients. And that's where I was exposed to clinical criteria, step edits, and really having those people call in. And if you've ever seen Incredibles, I felt like I was that person kind of giving all the secret sauce away of like, you know, go to the left door, do this, make sure you submit this, and really trying to be helpful because it was just turn around on that patient's case. And, um, you know, from there, I went to the military treatment facility where everything's free, but now I'm dealing with wounded warriors trying to take three trains to come in just to get free access to care in DC where I was at and working with uh, TRICARE mail order and understanding that. And it was great. So I felt like um, moving along, my last kind of step was working in a health system And so I moved around a lot, but I would say I elevated my role with each of them. And so in the health system, I worked for a health system for over 10 years. That's really where I got exposed to kind of all those pieces that I had. But um, having patients come in and helping them out, I was really working with the 340B programs. You know, we were giving away free medication 
to those patients as well who qualified. But then I had patients come in and they were asking me, you know, I have Medicare insurance and I still can't afford my medication. And that threw me for a loop because, you know, I was able to get free drug programs, the 340B bulk replacement program, and um, trying to navigate that. So that's really where I understood the the value behind what manufacturer resources could do for my patients. And it was just for oral medication. It was great. Um, figured out all the loopholes once again and just access to care and built our team out. And then I had those same Medicare patients come back and say, I can't afford my infusion. And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know Medicare D. I don't know A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, all the rest of them on their infusion benefits. And I think every health system is a little bit different and there's no training guide. So you learn by failure. You learn by um, passion, empathy, trying to get through this and really utilizing manufacturer resources um, such as the start forms, the copay programs. And so for my facility, I had to really turn the value around of what these industry stakeholders had to our, um, our hospital and not to lock these people out. You have lots of stakeholders. And, um, you know, at one point they didn't want to let these these type of roles in because they were taking away from patient care. And so internally, I had to show the value of like, look, you have a key account manager. This is what they're helpful for. A field reimbursement. They can talk HIPAA. They can pull through my patients and what those account specialists to help educate the doctor. So I'll say it kind of came full circle on all these resources. I felt like I was able to turn around patients that sometimes took 90 days to now I was dealing with patients I could get under a week turned around into my infusion site and really understanding these things. And, you know, over the course of the years, we were having those cytokare denials and how do you appropriately fit those? So my partnerships with other infusion sites and standalone infusion sites really helped. And it's it was really a, a big task to understand all of this. So um, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. I think I just wanted to know why so long that I hit everything I could with my pharmacy tech license. And I just found the value behind uh, networking and those stakeholders out there to help you. That's great. I like that you kind of highlight the different experiences you had and how it's all, I mean, it's all stepping stones to where you are, but you're an advocate at heart. So when you, you go to figure all that stuff, stuff out, you, you can really help people. I mean, it's just, it's so frustrating how difficult the insurance companies make it for everybody. So, so, so out of that, you, you obviously put your head together with some other folks and launched the healthcare advocate summit. So, so tell us about what, what is the healthcare advocate summit? So the healthcare advocate summit is, I would say the, the stakeholder in between the physician and the patient and who's helping champion through the appeals or the prior authorization process. And, um, you know, that stakeholder within the health system, the private practices, really, I came across about 16 different titles with this role. It was like medication access coordinator, um, uh, nurse coordinator, uh, access liaison, uh, patient assistance programs. And we found kind of all these different roles and we were doing the same things. And I'll say how this ended up launching was um, I was trying to find other people who did my role. And you can't call up to a hospital or a place and saying, you know, who does manufacture resources? Like, how do you find your other friends out there? Because while I was an expert in my health system, what they thought I was, I never could grow 
because I couldn't bounce ideas off of, you know, they're like, Melissa, this is such a great idea. I'm like, well, really it's about seven band-aid processes. This isn't, you know, like there's a smoother way to do it with technology and things. And um, I started going out to uh, conferences and it was really hard for me to get support from my health system, go out and speak about this and help support funding behind it because they didn't, I couldn't show the value of what I would get from the conferences. And so at about year three, when, um, you know, I thought these people were my friends just checking in, really, they just wanted to sell another ticket, it feels like now, right? Like, they're like, hey, you come in. And I was getting really frustrated. Um, you know, I said, you know, I, they're not going to support me again. It really stinks because by myself, I save, you know, one point something million per month in my infusion center helping out these patients. And I need to do more. I'm just one person. And they said, you know, do you want to come and speak on that? I was like, oh my gosh, is that all I had to do to kind of get into this circuit? And I didn't realize how valuable the voice of the customer was and the voice of the patient into a lot of these um, conferences. So my journey for the next six years was going and speaking in conferences and networking the hell out of everything I could. And I found the people at the manufacturer who actually make the changes to the program. So it was like building this LinkedIn Rolodex that if I saw something in a program that wasn't working or if they were launching a new product, like this is how you can get access. And while it helped me out in my institution, it helped actually the U.S. population. And what I noticed there is I wasn't finding many people like myself at these conferences. And I kept um, kind of urging, like, we need to invite these people. These are who the manufacturers want to hear from. These are who the technology solutions, you know, and um I mean, at the end of the day, they kind of had a different uh, ROI behind the type of conferences they do, the stakeholders they bring. And I um, I couldn't push what I had wanted to do in what they already had built. And, you know, these people do conferences like every month. And so for me, I was like, okay, I kept coming home and kind of complaining, like, there's no space for us. I can't find my friends. The same 10 people show up and my husband's like, well, Melissa, you keep complaining. What are you going to do about it? And that's when I'm like, you know what? How hard is it? Let's hold our own. You know, let's have the people behind the scenes. We know what we're talking about. Um, we can build an agenda that if we have any speakers fall out, you know, how sometimes you see new speakers and new topics come. I was like, how great is it? We can build our agenda. We know what it needs to be. And if anybody drops out, you know, I could speak on it. Anybody like it's just we can keep the conversation the same and plug and play. And so uh, that was what our journey was back in like 2018 and just really securing a place and trying to, I'm not an event coordinator. I mean, I can barely coordinate my life and really leaning on others to help us through that journey. But um, the healthcare advocate summit is for access and reimbursement and faster solutions to help out patients and this event that we finally executed, I mean, it took almost three years, Dylan. And I was I was coming into the space. And normally a lot of these conferences are like, you know, maybe 20 people to start out with. You see a lot of these chapters. And I'm like, how can we make like the biggest bang for this? You know, my goal was 300 participants. I'm going to get 300. And that was my goal. And I wanted to make sure we could pull every health system in these things. And um, I think the as we were navigating, we ran into multiple roadblocks. And, you know, as you guys are still navigating, we're living in this virtual world with COVID is um, 
the ability to pivot and turn when you run into a roadblock. And I think advocates can make the greatest event coordinators and planners because, you know, just like anything that we ran into, those weren't those weren't real challenges for me. And we we went through some pretty dark spots with the conference of if we were going to be able to pull it off. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we just kept having to remind ourselves like access to treatment, uh, quality of life, patients that may only make it one Christmas. Those are the real challenges out there. And so as we were navigating and you pull um, the people together who just have the same passion, um, you know, that's what we were doing. And so finally, I'm so proud to say we needed to have a live event. I was committed to a live event. Uh, we thanked all our sponsors for staying on board for so long. Um, but we finally executed that event in September. And, you know, I have some some kind of stats behind that. But out of our 468 registered attendees, which we made it above our 300, we had 202 show up in Galveston, Texas. And um, it was just it was wonderful um, on just the stakeholders we were able to bring together. So I know the team worked really hard on that. Melissa, I absolutely love that you took both your passion for patients and this need that you saw and said, I don't want to continue to do this just for my patients. I want to teach everybody so that all patients can access that. It is amazing and awesome. Um, in thinking about both your event and um and the the organization, who, who are the stakeholders? Is it is it just clinicians? Do you include caregivers in there? Who are you trying to reach? You know, we had very few physicians actually come because uh, it really wasn't aimed towards them. I, uh, at the time, they need to understand this role, but they're not the ones filling out the start forms. They're not the ones on hold with 42 different payers at one time. Um, you know, it was the, the stakeholders were those access coordinators. They were, um, you know, let's talk about who our exhibitors were. Like, who were the people that would have found value into this group? It was the manufacturer, like patient services and market access. The ones who are, um, they have a hub right behind the scene to help you do benefit verification. They're the ones who run the copay assistance, the free drug programs to help they're the field reimbursement, the um, reimbursement access managers, the, the people trying to find the people who are shoved in the basement uh, and really no line of sight into. And so um, our exhibitors were specialty pharmacy, technology solution that actually helped the coordination of care, infusion scheduling, uh, how to find these programs a lot quicker versus Googling the drug and trying to find these things. Um, and also we had our foundations there as well, the, the nonprofits who help support uh, alongside for those Medicare patients or possibly um, uninsured or some sort of, you know, under underinsured, I'll say, uh, patients. So when you bring all these stakeholders in, I think this was the first time that there really was a conference that it didn't matter which, um, which portfolio you support, which, which disease state. And it was those stakeholders in all, I'm happy to say, um, out of the healthcare systems. And you know how many are in, out in the U.S.? We had uh, 75 healthcare facilities across 28 states attend this, um, wow. both, both virtually and in person. And that doesn't even include private practice. We had private practice groups or really large GPOs attend um, we did have one physician from Medico CX come, and he was great, Dr. Diaz. 
Uh, I think my favorite quote from him is, you guys are all out here. I just want to let you know, um, I don't know crap about this process. Like being here and sitting here for two days, he's like, this is why I brought the three here. They need to learn this, you know, to help through pull through his patients. And so getting those, those people together, the only thing that we wanted to make sure that for a first time event that they leave with something. And, um, the, you know, they kind of did some reels, the teams did, but the empowerment that you saw leaving there, that they found other people who, um, who understand each other, who can talk this lingo and they don't have to talk to their husband who doesn't understand anything about insurance and leaving from there, uh, the, the takeaways of this was um, from our exhibitors, they were just, while we only had 200 people there, right? They said the quality of the conversations was uh, outstanding. I mean, normally, you know, at exhibitors and things, you kind of go by and swipe the favorite pen, but you really don't want to talk to the people. Um, I saw the swag left on the table. Uh, they were just there to talk. They came with their patient list of these are the ones I'm having challenges with. And I think this year, what they proved is, you know, while you could be a pharmaceutical company, um, even trying to sell this, the teams had to struggle like, well, who should be there? And we're like, all your portfolios, rheumatology, oncology, uh, every portfolio should be here because, you know, when you work in a health system, you touch it all. But when you're in private practice, they still need to know the value of these stakeholders. So um, I was excited to hear kind of the outcomes of, the, the reports just said they want more education, Amanda. They wanted to understand um, Medicare better. And I'll say we kind of dabbled in, um, you know, when you go to events, you see continuing education credits. But for us, if I'm saying, hey, the whole world's invited to our party, you've got so many stakeholders. And so um, I was happy to say we had CEUs accredited, the same courses accredited for pharmacists, pharmacy tech, nursing, coding, uh, this board certified professional advocate. So we took our courses and just like one upped anything that I've ever seen of come. And uh, so we had stakeholders that our attendees came, they were getting accredited for three different licenses that they were trying to keep up with. And so that's what they wanted more of. Um, I've kind of seen the preliminary of what they're doing. They're doing uh, multiple tracks next year with a, a potential of 30 hours this next year. Um, for the event. So yeah, I would say, you know, those stakeholders to sum it up, it's in between the physician and the patient. And um, I will highlight coming from this, I didn't realize how many private advocates are out there, right? Where they can get hired on outside of a health system. You know, you may do it for your mom or something if you're not there to go to the hospitals. And we uncovered this amazing group of private advocates that don't really um, have they're doing great, but they can do better by understanding our role in the, the institution and how to find these people to connect. So I think from there, we're like, you know, if they can have five conversations and, and get access to treatment. So I know we left an impact and the teams are getting bombarded every day of like, where's the next location? Let's keep this going. Um, so it's, it's great. It's just that unmet need and making sure that you pull it through and you just need to go off of um, just get energized by the people just thankful that there's a stage for something. So, Absolutely. That is so amazing. So you mentioned several different specialties in there that were represented. What all therapeutic areas do you guys cover? Uh, so across the, the therapeutic areas, we had uh, an outcome report that showed which therapeutic areas, but it was anything, Amanda. We 
there was maintenance medication, there was um, cardiology, rheumatology, on, any of the ologies that are in the infusion space, and both infusion as well as like oral medication. And I think if you look similarly to NAMAPA, which was the reason why this nonprofit was created, if you look at the symbol, there's an injection, an IV bag, an infusion bag, and a pill. And that's because it's really um, disease state agnostic. You know, you still need to dive into these areas, but to us and to everyone, I mean, access is access and challenges and, and stakeholders on that. So we had representation from everywhere. And I think that also shows what I've been through because I've been at an infusion site in the entire health system. And sometimes I couldn't attend some of these organization groups because they're like, hey, we're just this disease state or, Hey, we're this. And I'm like, why aren't you, why aren't we partnered? Like, why do I got to go to seven different meetings? And while those organizations are still very important, I think there is sometimes confusion of like, what if you fit more than one? What if you don't know where you fit? And so I hope that this NAMAPA organization really dives into both. And it's really their motto is everybody's invited to the table and boy, does that feel good? You know, one of the things I like a lot about <clears throat> what you're saying is, you know, obviously when you bring all these people together, you can create a, a movement for something great. I, I keep thinking about that book by Malcolm Gladwell, The Tipping Point. And now he talks about, you know, this takes three people, three types of people for something to go viral or to hit the tipping point or whatever. The maven, the advent or the maven, the salesman and the uh, connector. And the maven's like the expert, the person who knows get, can get way more granular and detailed than anybody else. And then the salesman is the salesman and the connector is somebody that just knows everybody and loves connecting people. But but you guys are kind of doing all three with this healthcare advocate summit because you're you're you guys are kind of acting like a big sale. You're letting everybody know the possibility here. And I love that it's multi-specialty because I've been to a ton of conferences and uh you know it's I think this is unique because it's multi-specialty. Everybody's there to help everyone. It's it's really based on the advocate side of things. So it's not just another conference. It's not comparable. I, I don't know that there's another comparable conference out there. Um, and But you guys are really playing all three roles there. And you've got the people that show up, especially the sponsors that show up. They're really the mavens all in their own area to get really detailed and share that expertise. And, and you're connecting everybody, providing pl uh, people a place to join together. So just love that. Yeah, they were they were pretty surprised because we had one company come and I really thank everybody who continued to support the team on that. But um, I heard companies came and it was just from, we'll say, oncology or that one particular group. And they had like three other people come up to them trying to find their person for other areas and portfolios. So I think this is why the need to have a live event. Right. Um I think we're all zoomed out, virtual conference out. Um, I, I don't think we're ever going to go away from it. It's going to be this hybrid model and that's fine, but the hybrid should really launch a live engagement. And so I'm, I'm glad we were able to do that. But when you talked about those three kind of stakeholders and what it takes to launch a movement, you know, how do you be a disruptor? And um, I'll say it's once you find something and you you find it. And it took me 10 years. I mean, it literally took me 10 years to finally find this and getting this platform together. And if we can expedite 
those new biologic coordinators, those new people coming in, not having a playbook for everything. And there's other organizations that has great resources, but man, to be able to connect and, and right now the, you hit it nail on the head, Dylan, like my, my first six years of speaking, I'm like, I've got to keep networking. I got to keep networking because one day it's going to pay off. And now when you hear something, I mean, the, the gratitude and just the energy that we get on helping others, or I'll say even um, when COVID shut down the first time, I'll kind of pivot here. We had to shut our event down one month before we were going to have it um, in 2020. And then we started getting all these advocates emailing us saying, you know, I've lost my job. I'm not, um, I'm on furloughed. Like, I don't know what to do. Is there anything that you can help out with? And so our job quickly pivoted to, an advocate resource of here's how you interview, here's where your skills can be transferable into other areas, into like pharmaceutical, into hubs, into field reimbursement um, to help them. And then we also uh, partnered up with a bunch of um, physicians who couldn't afford a body in their practice anymore to do the prior authorizations. And we were able to um, help partner up with virtual prior authorization people now. So you know, I think the Healthcare Advocate Summit really is just the pivot of what is the need in the community at that point. But I'm so proud um, of what we came with. We all got hands on deck for just a COVID guide because while they they came out and stated, you know, everything's going to be covered. It's okay. We know what documentation you still need when they come back denial. So the the connector and if we can have somebody else find their tribe, somebody else find their best friends, and to elevate each other. Uh, you know, that's the room you want to be in. You want to be in the room that's continuing. It, they can talk about salaries openly, that can talk about elevating. And so from this, we're seeing, hey, here's how I help my patients, but here's also how I grow with the skill sets that I have. And um, But the the layout of the, I'll say the whole event, it's just the first year we had to go through that patient journey. And, you know, from the start of diagnosis to navigating into an independent infusion site, an infusion home health. And what was cool is we had people speaking on the topics from dermatology, oncology, like we had each um, therapeutic area kind of talk about different journeys, because I didn't want it to be focused on just one area that people are like, okay, these are the only, the only area like disease state that knew. So it was good. It was a good conversation. It was a lot of packed information. And so I think this next year we can really carve into the different areas and disease state areas if they'd like and opportunities for, you know, pharmaceutical companies to come and possibly have webinars and stakeholders. And because really that's where you find the value on how to get your patients on faster to those treatments. That's great. Well, we have, you know, we have a lot of uh, infusion center owners and operators um, listening to this, but a lot of owners listening to this, or at least leaders in their practices listening to this. So if they're listening, thinking, wow, the, you know, healthcare advocate summit sounds great. What's the biggest reason that they should send somebody from their team to the next summit? I know it's hard to narrow it down to one thing, but I mean, what's the one thing you would want somebody to get and not leave without their biggest takeaway they could expect uh, to receive from, from attending this event? I can confidently say that if you send at least one stakeholder, uh, make sure to send the person who is doing the most work in your facility to help champion these prior authorizations through because they, 
I know you normally probably have possibly one, two, just very minimal people um, on this, but we are talking about pulling through patients quicker, faster, and to be able to stay on treatment, um, as well as giving tools back to this person to really help you as an owner of a facility understand the ROI behind this. Like, how fast do you grow your team? Because I know that's a a barrier uh, where sometimes these advocates don't know how to how to measure properly. So you, as the owner or the physician of the practice, know that it's it's actually bringing back a return. And so we're giving those tools of those same challenges we've had to beat down the health systems doors that took us years. And so we've got those stakeholders who are more than willing to give this training and to help out. And I think um, for you as a independent standalone infusion site, you guys are partnering up with great organizations like NICA and these, these other great um, parties, but similar challenges are happening everywhere. Um, standalone infusion sites, health systems. And when you get together and you get to share ideas and share stories uh, at the end, they will come away with something. Um, we have built an advocate justification toolkit that helps the physician understand. And uh, Amanda, I know you're like cheering back there. Uh, it took me a lot to go to the conferences and um, sometimes as one of the lowest paid workers in the institution, bringing back the biggest return on, you know, insurance is paying. It was hard for me to advocate for myself. So even if there's others out there, we do have a tool. We have a letter. Um, we, our teams, the teams have jumped on the phones with um, the, the owners, the practice owners, the revenue cycle, the chief operating officer revenue cycle um, to help you understand like proving one person and from what I heard, I mean, we didn't even talk about cost, right? What does this ticket cost? For anybody that's working in the patient journey uh, that is either a private advocate or supporting a physician, it's only $149. And we have it that way because we've really positioned it for the pharmaceutical companies, for the specialty pharmacy to like help us put this event together. Um, and that's only for this next year. I've seen what the the group has in the future they'd like to get sponsorship to actually just fly out 200 people right cover let's cover everybody because if we can support those standalone infusion sites that are already trying to to meet their budget and their forecast that they want uh, we just all need to be working together smoother so advocate justification toolkit um we have tons of people that are just on the phones ready to talk because we know for us advocating for our own journey or that. So I would say reach out. Um, it's info or team at advocatesummit.com, but also um, NAMAPA, uh, the National Association of Medication Access and Patient Advocacy. There's free resources and tools over there that um, I think a lot of consulting companies actually charge for these things, but the webinars, I mean, the whole goal behind it, right, is to provide those resources and tools to help out a patient that, you know, we treat everyone like it's our grandma, our family member, our our child. I love all of that. You're totally speaking my language. As somebody <laughs> who's been in operations, I've spent my career justifying why we need to spend money to do the right thing. And it's brilliant that your organization gets out ahead of it. I love it. Um, so you've talked, you've hinted at a future event. Do you have any dates that we can share with the We Infuse audience or a place where they would go to find the next one? So um, what I would say 
right now if they just uh so i i can't announce the the full amount because they're like signatures are wet right now with the ink um on that but i would say it's going to be next year again uh around the same time so we had it in fall time and we were making sure uh, or the team was making sure that it didn't compete with any other event area, but January, they're going to be announcing that, uh, on that. So I know they're super pumped on that and they would be really mad if I announced it on this call right now before they <laughs> went through. Um, but I know uh, just like, what's the in-between right now, if you end up going to follow on like this Instagram, uh, Facebook, any of those LinkedIn, they, they've got a big footprint on there. They actually have um, February 10th and 11th. It's called a Technology Solutions Symposium. And they've brought all of their sponsors in technology to come back and um, to replay those, right, um, their speaking sessions and then also come on live because I think for me working in an institution, it was always hard to find like, well, I need I need a software, but I don't have time to like talk to everybody. Right. Or I don't know if they're even able to help me out and they were taking time away. So these are the technology solutions that can help you out with patient care, prior authorizations, like the ones if you're going to attend something, it's a, a free registration. They're, we're doing it for free for all of those attendees out there. But the registration link is on there. It's an Eventbrite link. So that will get you dabbled into kind of what those topics are, but I know our technology partner solutions are um, super excited as well. And that's kind of like the in-between, let's hear about them. And then when they come to the event, hopefully all of them will be back again to, you know, have more conversations. So just trying to make it easy for everybody. Um, it'll be just two days going through. You can hit all of the top major ones out there, uh, such as like Taylor, Vivermed, Atlas, all these big ones that you've heard from. And it'll be nice to, um, just to ask questions, right, in an open forum that maybe you don't have a full hour to dedicate to one of these companies at the time. And is that Namapa's social they would follow or Advocate Summit have its own? Uh, advocate. So the Healthcare Advocate Summit. Perfect. And if you, um, it's, well, if you go to advocatesummit.com, all of those links are at the bottom. But uh, I would put, you know, if you want to fill out the contact us, I think the that automatically enrolls you in any of the information. But yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. It's nice to just be able to have a group that can kind of start moving the needle on these things. And while we all love our day jobs, I'm just glad that there's uh, groups and in, in time and people want to help make a difference. And uh, you know, I mean, I don't mind extra friends. I love meeting other people in the space and just shared learnings is the biggest thing. So. So good. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show and just kind of unpacking what you guys have going on. And, and obviously, I think anybody listening to this is going to see a lot of value in attending that event. And so people can find you, like you mentioned, uh, just do a Google search for Healthcare Advocate Summit, look for social media, look at NAMAPA, and that's N-A-M-A-P-A. -A -A. Um, but Melissa, co-founder of Healthcare Advocate Summit, we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it and look forward to hopefully seeing you next year in the crowd. All right. Great discussion with Melissa Page. I love that they are just pushing for advocacy, bringing advocates together, and really just enabling everybody to be more effective at getting patients access, getting patients the care 
they need. So uh, definitely encourage you to check them out and sign up for that next conference. And if you haven't done so already, do yourself a favor and give the We Infuse software platform a test drive and see how it can save you lots of time and money in your practice. And for those of you that have been listening over the last months or years, I just want to say thank you for being on this journey with us. It has been a huge uh, blessing and pleasure to be the podcast host and connect with you guys through the airwaves and um, talk with guests and all of us kind of in that together. And I really appreciate you guys being faithful listeners to the We Infuse podcast. And I think you are going to be pleasantly satisfied as Amanda Brummett uh, takes the baton and runs with it. She brings a lot of unique experience that I don't have in the industry. And she also uh, just brings a unique skill set and insight. And she's just a great communicator. So I think you really are going to enjoy the value she brings and see how much of an improvement it is to the show going forward. So thank you for joining us. Definitely reach out to to, uh, NAMAPA or the Healthcare Advocate Summit and just enjoy the show into the future. My name is Dylan McCabe. It's been a pleasure to be with you and we will catch you in the next episode. 